This is Living It Up, a refreshing daily podcast to help you get excited about beginning your day or your entire life all over again, only this time with a loving God at the center. We hope you experience joy from listening and find yourself (laughs) laughing and living it up on the way to beginning again. For more teaching and encouragement from the Neals, visit their Facebook page at Living It Up Beginning Again or their website at livingitup.org. Now, here's Scott and Teresa. Hey, everybody. It is Tuesday. We're calling this one Suffering Has Many Faces. And two of which are the loss of a loved one or an addiction, which some see as one and the same. Think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to discuss how obedience is learned through this thing we call suffering. And we're going to back this up. Yeah, Genesis 35, and it's 19 through 21. So bear with me when I read this. So, so Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave, and it can be seen there to this day. Then Jacob traveled on. The the point in that is, you know, Rachel, who, of course, Jacob just adored and loved, she passed away. And But he had to set a monument up for her to show his love for her. And even through his suffering, he had to go on. Mm-hmm. Because it says he traveled on. He had to go. Right. You know, as hard as that is, we have to do that. And that's part of the suffering. Part of the suffering that, that will, will get us stronger, that will allow God to use us in a powerful way, and it will get out all this junk that's in us. Suffering is not bad. And another word for suffering, of course, is mourning or just letting it go. You know, some people have addictions and have had addictions, you know, maybe to drugs, alcohol or something like that their whole life. You know, when when you get healed from that, it's like letting go of a friend, of a best friend. Mm -hmm. That's all you've ever known. How do you know that? Well, because I had that. What happened? Jesus saved me. He okay. saved me from my from my from myself is what he did. Were you pursuing him? Oh yeah. Well, was I pursuing him at the time? No. So you were kind of like Saul, who ended up being renamed Paul. You were just kind of minding your own business, like Paul was killing Christians. You were just sort of being the bad boy, right? Yeah. Well, I wasn't killing Christians, but I was killing killing the Christian ideal. Mm-hmm. So, really, if you think about it, it's one and the same. So that whole that whole phrase, God is a gentleman, he doesn't force himself on us, I'm 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 rethinking that because if you read about Paul on the road to Damascus, again his name was Saul, um he was minding his own business when he had an encounter with God and it, yeah. it wasn't gentle. Well our, It wasn't your, gentlemanlike. That's right. Were your, was your dad always gentle with you? No. Well, do you think our heavenly father should be gentle with us all the time? Right. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's gotta knock you off your high horse. To get you back to reality. And that's what he did to me. Okay. He, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. I had everything. I didn't need God. Didn't want him. And he surely showed me, you need me more. Mm-hmm. More than you think. Yeah. What happened? Well, you know my story. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody listening might not. You might not know my story, but and this is, has to go with the suffering. I was suffering with myself for many, many years uh, with resentment um, from my childhood and things of that sort. Um, my father issues, and so to help me with this suffering, I became addicted to uh, to different. Uh, type deals. You know, I was addicted to to drugs at one time. And people. And people. Relation- and people wrong pleasing. relationships. Oh my goodness. Yeah, wrong relationships. Food. You name it. Food. And so, um, you know, a good friend of mine, Todd Hamilton, he invited me to go to a to a church called Prestonwood in Plano, Texas. And he knew he could get me there if there were weightlifters. And by golly, he was right. You know, God just put it in it in him. Ask him to go see a bunch of weightlifters. He'll go. Well, I did with my two sons. I had to see Team Impact at Prestonwood on a Saturday night. And I was already there, and that's exactly what Todd said. Man, you're already here. You know, lightning didn't strike when you walked in, so I guess it's cool. He kind of laughed. And he said, so why don't you come back tomorrow morning? And I said, well, I am already here, and it's a pretty cool place. I said, all right. <laughs> and so I did. Well, that's when God knocked me off my horse. Mm-hmm. In the service? During the service, that's the beginning of it. And when the invitation was given, I was in the middle of the aisle. Todd looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, I guess I can give my life to Christ. Went down there, gave my life to Christ. That night, they had a special baptism. I was baptized. In water. In water. And I was totally, I had this just freedom coming coming across me, but there was still, you know, there weren't question marks. I knew I'd given my life to Christ, but I didn't know where to go from here. So I started meeting with a mentor, and, and he, he helped me get a Bible that I could actually read and understand. And that's so important. Yes. And but two weeks after I was baptized in water, then I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. What happened? That's when God knocked me off my horse. Okay. You know, I was standing by my bed, you single guys, folding clothes. And he doesn't uh, have to do that anymore. Well, I, I try to help occasionally. <laughs> so I need to do help more actually. No, no, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> well anyway, I was standing by my bed and uh folding clothes and just thinking about how my life is being transformed and how I don't want to be involved in any kind of drugs addiction or bad relationships anymore and thinking what in the world's happening to me and I felt these hands upon my upon my shoulders and I was pushed down to the ground to my knees and I could feel this presence right right on my neck just like if I was standing over you and I started sobbing and crying and telling God how sorry I was for all the things I'd done well this went on for several hours so you know I had a lot of things to say but what he responded to me was I love you And now, I want you to go spread the gospel for the rest of your life. So that encounter with God Mm -hmm. 
is that experience with him, his presence, is really what sealed the deal for you. Absolutely. Pardon the phrase. And that's what we're going with this. And, you know, and then God told me to go to the Bible. I had never read the Bible. Never. He said, I want you to open the Bible, and that is your scripture. I didn't know I was opening the Bible. I didn't know the Old Testament from the New Testament or the, or the Middle Testament. I didn't know. So I opened the Bible up, and I saw it said Isaiah. So I looked at it, and I went, okay. And so I looked down, and the first verse I ever read was Isaiah 6 8. You know, the Lord said, Whom shall we send? And who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I. Send me. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to God, and I said, You know what, God? You know, I'll go wherever you want me to go. Because I thank you and I love you so much for what you've done for me. Which was what? Not for my salvation, because He already sealed that. What did He do for you? What was it you were so grateful for at that moment? Oh my gosh, He saved me from, well, I'd have been dead. Physically dead, mm-hmm. if he wouldn't have stepped in. But when he stepped in, I died. And he rose me up again. And so what we're, what, where we're going with this at almost 10 minutes yeah. is that until myself and everybody listening has a one-on-one encounter, mm-hmm. experience with God's presence... Not much is going to change in your life. Right. Maybe you're living a charmed life. Maybe things are good and you're okay with just knowing God and going through the motions. Hey, that's great. But there's a lot of people listening that want what Scott is talking about, and that is to know Him, to have an encounter with Him, because you're you're ready to go deeper with Him because you've reached the bottom. You've hit rock bottom. And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the only way that you can experience that, Scott cannot teach that, is is through prayer and telling God from a sincere heart, God, I want to know you like that. That's the only way. What happened to you cannot be taught. It has to be experienced. Right. And the only way that that can happen for you is for you to, again, from a sincere heart, tell Him how much you need Him, how desperate you are, and that you want to know Him. Like that. Well, the obedience part of what we're talking about this topic, the obedience that I have now that I want to be more obedient to him, it all came from the suffering that I'd gone through for 40 years. Mm-hmm. So the suffering that you've gone through, it can be gone. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have troubling or, or trying times, even when you're a Christian, that's for sure. But you know who to run to. And you know who, where your peace is. And my question for you today is, who is your Jesus? Who is he to you? Well, you know what? The only way to know who your Jesus is, is to give your life to him. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. It's the most important decision you'll ever do in your life. Mm-hmm. Freedom is right there. It's ready for you. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to do it. Then you can see chains being broken. You can even see your two sons, like mine, give their lives to Christ. Mm-hmm. 
You can break all sorts of generational curses in your family. It could start with you. That's right. So if you want that in your life, which Teresa and I really pray you do, the way to start doing that is to give your life to Him. From a sincere place of brokenness. That's right. That you know that if, if it doesn't, if, if God does not save you, you're not going to be saved. That's right. Because nothing you're trying, no body, no substance, nothing is going to be able to save you. That's right. I got, Jesus. That's right. I got to that point where I said, God, if you don't save me, I can't go on. When did you tell him that? I told him that when I was, Robert, when I was being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay. God, without you saving me, I would not have been able to go on. Right. Well, that's it. That's it. You know, that's the gospel in a nutshell. You know. And it's the gospel. It's the only pill you need. That's right. <laughs> so we pray that if, if, you, if you don't know uh, Jesus, that, that you come to know him right now. And if you have and maybe said the words years ago or and you're just thinking to yourself, my goodness, man, I, I've never really given my heart to him. I want to know who my Jesus is. I want to have that relationship with him. Then pray, please uh, pray this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord, I, uh, I know that you died on the cross, that you rose on the third day, and because of the cross, I know my sins are forgiven. Lord, thank you for the suffering, and thank you for saving me from it. My prayer is today, Father, that I give my heart to you and I start becoming obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you look at the word obedience, right in the middle of it is the word die. That's right. And it's all about dying to self. If you pray that prayer, you die to self. Mm -hmm. In Philippians 1.21, it says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's right. So if you prayed that prayer, please email us at info at livingitup.org. We'd love to include you in our prayer request. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just love you all so much. And we, we thank you for loving Jesus. That's right. So until we talk to you tomorrow, keep mm -hmm. living it up. Bobby Gang again.